We invite you to personally discover the life-changing impact of the Word of God as you listen to this message by Bishop Richard Ayi. Bishop Richard Ayi serves as a bishop in Lighthouse Chapel International, a denomination founded by Bishop Dagwood Mills with over 1,500 branches worldwide. Bishop Richard currently pastors the London branch of the First Love Church, a vibrant campus ministry with young, energetic people full of first love for the Lord. We believe this message will give you hope, light and love to strengthen you in your Christian walk. Now listen to Bishop Richard.
pray. Father, thank you for the blessed opportunity we have once again in your holy presence, Lord. Let your will be done. Let your kingdom come. Let the power of your kingdom be made manifest amongst us today. Thank you for the blessing of coming to church and being in your presence, Lord. May this service be anointed and may this service be blessed. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody shall say amen. Say a better amen. God bless you. You may take your seat. Wow. Are you ready for more victory secrets? You want more secrets? Will you use them? You sure? Okay, so today I want to start from 1558. That's 1 Corinthians. Wow. Are you blessed in church? Do you enjoy church when you come to church? You have to enjoy it. Church is like food. You come, you enjoy it. You eat everything that is served. And you enjoy eating it. Wow. Beautiful. Are you happy here? So he says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Hallelujah. So, the scripture is saying here that, beloved brethren, first instruction is be steadfast. Steadfastness means um, your ability to recover. You should be able to recover. How many of you have made mistakes before? How many of you have made mistake and realized that you have made a mistake? Do you realize that when you discover that you are making a mistake, sometimes it's difficult to correct it, isn't it? How many of you have made a mistake and it was difficult for you to correct it, so you said, look, I'll take it like that. I'll take it like that. I'll take it like that. No, but the Bible says that be steadfast. It means that the Bible actually encourages us to make corrections when we see that that's if only you will see. If only you will see that you're going off. You are not what you used to be. Or you are not what you are supposed to be. Then, to be victorious. And to be blessed. And to become what God really wants you to become. And your place of, to enter into your place of blessing and fruitfulness. What you need to do is to make a correction. You see, yesterday I was driving. I was going somewhere. And I was talking on the phone. So I wasn't thinking. I mean, I, didn't, I wasn't holding the phone. But I was on the phone. Yeah, hands free. My hands were on the steering wheel. So I realized that I missed my exit at the roundabout. Now, the exit I took didn't have a turning. 
and I was looking for a turning. And because I wasn't used to that route, I didn't know where the turning was. So I couldn't drive at the required speed. So I was driving slowly, holding up everybody behind me. But I was so determined that I am not going to follow this mistake through. I am going to change my course. I'm going to change. I said to myself, I am steadfast. So I will recover. I don't care who is behind me. I don't care who is trying to overtake me. I don't care who is still gating. I don't care how close they drive. I was slow. Every right and I'll look. Every left and I'll check. And they were there. But I was determined. Till suddenly I saw a right turn. And I stopped. So I had to wait for the other cars coming this way to pass to get a chance. I was, I was determined. What I'm saying to you is that you, when you discover you've made a mistake, be determined to correct it. Be determined to correct it. Don't continue in a mistake. Don't live the rest of your life a mistake and say that I made a mistake, so this is what it is. Be ye steadfast. That is the ability to correct a mistake. When you see that I've gone off, try. Take your time patiently and steer yourself back on course because it is possible. I'll give you another example. It should be 1517. Luke. <laughs> 1550, 1570. Yes, 1517. It says that, and when he came to himself, that is, when he realized and discovered that I have made a mistake, he said, how many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. You see, when you, when, one of the things that happens to you when you discover you've made a mistake is that you start talking to yourself and listening the mistakes that you have made that look my father is like where I am I'm worse off and then where I have left there is bread where I am there is no bread and then I am perishing with hunger it's like I am actually perishing I'm in trouble now if you are in such a state and you can you can List all these mistakes that you have made. Will you not be a fool to, to continue? I mean, can you imagine that after all that he has said, that he still stays there eating with pigs? But look at what he says in, in verse 18. He says that I will arise. May you arise as well. Yeah. He said, I will arise. I will arise. And go to my father. It, it's, like, it's like saying that I will go home. I will go where I belong. I will go back to the place that God wants me to be. I will arise. Learn how to arise. And actually arise. When you, when you say, I've made a mistake. Actually arise. I say, it is a mistake. Don't live a stubborn life. And continue and continue justifying errors and mistakes. Even when you're a pastor, even when you're a pastor, a pastor of a church should be able to tell when the church is not what it's supposed to be 
and then tell yourself, I will arise. I will arise and do what I have to do for the church to be how it's supposed to be. You see, this message is both for Christians. I mean, pastors are Christians. Sometimes pastors behave like, though we are not Christians, but we are Christians. The verses apply to us. It's, it's applicable to pastors and to non-pastors. You should be able to say, I will arise. I will arise. I will arise. And I will say to my father, I have sinned against heaven and before the But I will arrive and go to him. Listen, the secret I want to share with you today is called, the, no, no, I'll read one more verse. No, I won't read the verses. I'll tell you the title. Do you want the title? Do you want the secret that I have? I have a victory secret for you. A special one. Are you here? Are you around? Are you falling asleep? Are you feeling down? Are you feeling alive? When, it wasn't the same that last week I told you that God doesn't like lukewarmness or the other side. It was this one. Yes, God doesn't like lukewarmness at all. You have to do everything you can to stay hot. Because if I would say, why? Someone would say, what's your secret? How come you always seem to have zeal and days doing that? Because God doesn't like lukewarmness. He does, that's the only reason. That's the reason why we always find him things to do. And always encouraging people to do things. Because God doesn't like lukewarmness. He doesn't like it. If you are lukewarm, God will, he said, I will spew you out. I will spit you out. He doesn't deal with lukewarm people. He doesn't. He doesn't. The other day, a lukewarm person, even cold, a cold person, came to tell me that she's a prophetess. I said, you know what? Become hot first. Then when you prophesy, we can listen. But the state you are in, it looks as though those of us who have not even said that we are prophets or anything, we hear from God more than you. So try, try and warm up a bit. Then we can believe in your, in your tales. But the secret, I told you I have a secret for you. Did I tell you what the secret was? Or haven't? Ah, so what have I been talking about? I haven't told you. Are you sure? The secret I have for you today, and listen to me, okay, listen to me, don't listen to anybody, okay, don't listen to anybody, listen to me, I'm the, I'm the man on the scene, yes, listen to me, listen to me, no, don't, always look out for people who distract you when pre- um, preaching is going on, it's demonic, believe me, it's demonic, where's, where's Andrew, is Andrew here, okay, so come and sing that song for us. When you come, I'll tell you. Listen to the words of this song carefully. Are you all listening to it or are you going to be chatting whilst I'm preaching? Tell them. There's there's a message. Before I give you the title of my thing, I'll preach you for 10 minutes and I'm gone. Listen to the words of this song. Are you going to listen or you'll be chatting? Listen, I'm a fighter of demons. I'm not telling you. Listen, are you listening? Okay. I want you to learn how to behave in church. Okay. Now, 
The parable is this The seed is the word of God Oh, oh, yeah And the sower Is the preacher and the teacher He sows the word of God In your life every day He would not laugh, he would 
that I came to church so I want to hear the message so that the seeds are about to be sown so don't become a thorny ground next to me and if both of you are thorny grounds then I wish you good luck you can kill yourselves over there <laughs> so the title of my message today is the secret because it's a secret because that's how come you see someone you see anything i keep telling you anything someone is doing that you can't do or you are not doing means that the person has a secret that you don't have so you wonder how come you you've been in the faith all this while how come there are no backslidings there are no rebellions, there are no this. What is the problem? What, what is your secret? That's the question you ask. What is your secret? What's your secret? What is your secret? People like asking the pastor, what is your secret? How can you be able to do this? How can the, the secret, the secret 
is something called midstream correction. The secret of midstream correction. That is, when you detect, like, like, like um, Luke fifteen seventeen, And he came to himself. And he said, how many servants are in my father's house? How many of them have bread enough to eat and to spare? And I am sitting here perishing in hunger. I will arise. I will arise. He says, when you see this prodigal boy prospering in his father's house, you may wonder, how did you make it? What's your secret? His secret is midstream correction. When you see that you are making a mistake, please, correct it. Don't continue in folly. Don't continue in your mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. That's in James chapter 3. We all, make, we all make many mistakes. Not even a few. Many. A lot of mistakes. But when you see, I have made a mistake. Please, correct it. No matter how old you are. No matter how old you are in the faith. No matter how long you've been around. No matter how great and mighty you think you are. Don't live with mistakes. Don't live with it. You'll find out that you're making a mistake. You'll find out at a point that you're making a mistake. You're making a mistake. I, I can't wait for someone to tell me I'm making a mistake. I have to tell myself. I have to tell myself I'm making a mistake. Therefore, correct it. Then I'll correct. You have to be able to tell yourself, I am making a mistake. I have made a mistake. I've stopped praying. I've stopped doing this. I've stopped going to church. I've stopped going going here. I've stopped doing this. I have to correct it. Don't defend mistakes. Correct them. Revelation chapter 3. Wow. Say wow. Wow. And unto the angel of the church in Sardis. Right. These things saith he that has the seven spirits of God. And the seven stars, I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest, and art dead. You know, sometimes you could be there when you think that you are still hot for Jesus, but you know you are cold. Correct it. Correct it. Don't be ashamed of making corrections. Don't be, don't feel, don't feel bad that you've made a mistake. A mistake is not the end of your life. A mistake is not the end. A mistake can be the end of your life. So long as you are alive, there's hope. So long as you are alive, there is hope. There is hope. Never have a bad experience and say to yourself, this is life. This is how it's going to be like for me. It can be corrected. Correct it. Change it. Change it. Tell yourself, I can change it. There are things, when you meet a grown-up, there are things they will tell you. If I knew what you know now, I would have corrected it at that age. I would have corrected it. Old people are the, are the ones who have a lot of hope. Do you really believe that things can be changed? The children... When I meet them and they are... No, no, I'm not talking about the children. I'm, I'm telling you a story. 
when I see them finish uni and they don't finish well. Sometimes by the time they come, they've scrambled their lives a bit already. So they don't finish well. I surely asked them, how old are you? 21. I said, 21. Imagine you are going to live to 72. How many more years do you have left? 72 take away 21 is what? 51. 51. 51. Are you going to spend 51 years of your life with a mistake? Are you going to resign? You're going to resign your life at 21. I've resigned. It's 21. I tell them, go back to school. Just go back. Just go back. It only takes three years. Just go back. There's no shame. There's no problem. There's no problem. No, I, I nobody will even notice. But now you finish, you are 24. Can you imagine 24? A 24-year-old person is a baby. You are, I mean, you are grown up, but you're a baby. 24. You are feeling bad. You are going, you are going to moan, complain, curse the, the contributors to your mistakes for the rest of your life. The rest of you are going to moan, complain, curse them, like that, and be there. You see, that, you see that, that is even shows you a certain type of person who doesn't want to do things for himself. Complain the rest of your life. Complain. Remember, you see, you're, going to, you're going to live in bitterness and anger over something that lies in your power to correct. It lies in your power to correct it. It lies with you to correct it. It's not in anybody's hand. It's not in your father's hand. It's not in your mother's hand. It's not in your auntie's hand. It's not in somebody who didn't do something for you. Someone who didn't save this. No, it is in your hands to correct it. It's up to you. That's why he is saying, I will arise. I will arise and go. I will arise. 21, you've, you've, you've decided, this is what I'm going to be. Yeah, by the time we see you at 45, you will sound like a 79-year-old person, a bitter 79-year-old. You see, you, it's like as though you've seen the whole world 17 times over. Huh. Anyway. To the church in Sardis, these things. Verse 2. Be watchful and strengthen the things that remain that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. Remember therefore, remember therefore, how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt know, thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. Give me verse 2 again. It says that be watchful and strengthen the things that remain that are ready to die. There are some things that are ready to die. You can say the thing is on its last lap. About to give his last breath, you have to say, strengthen, the, strengthen those things, strengthen them, strengthen them, recover, bring life back into it, bring life. Don't be, you see, don't be a president over of failure. 
In other words, don't preside over the collapse of things, including your own life. Your own life, your ministry, whatever. You see, what, if you are here, you are made, you put in charge of choir, you are put in charge of ashes, you are put in charge of a cell. Whatever. Don't preside over the collapse of that thing. Strengthen it, strengthen it, strengthen it, strengthen it, strengthen it. The things that are about to die, the things that are about to die, strengthen it. Strengthen things that are about to die. It's very, you see, it is very easy to blame somebody for something. It's, it's one of the easiest things. One of the easiest things is to point fingers. They say, this one didn't do this. This person did this. But what about you? What did you do? What have you done? And what will you do? Can you imagine that political boy blaming the pigs and the owner of the pigs? That you didn't give me enough food. If you are giving me food, if you have done this, that you made me go and eat with pigs. No, he said, he thought, he analyzed himself. He gained insight to his state. May the Lord give you insight to your state. May you gain insight to your state. As long as you gain insight, your attitude will be different. It will be very, very different. Very, 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 very different. You will start strengthening things that are about to die. Already, if you don't, it means that you are, you are, you are, you are, you are a president of things that die. You kill things. Anything that you watch, you kill it. No problem. Four things he gave here that will help us to make midstream corrections. I'm going to give you four keys that will help you make midstream corrections. Do you want those four keys? I'll show you one of them. You want to know how to make midstream correction? It's not that will come to you if it hasn't come already. You will need to correct things. You need to correct things. You will see, you will see that look, this thing is not, it's not how it's supposed to be. I have to correct it. I have to correct it. I have to correct it. That's why we make corrections all the time in the church. We make corrections all the time. Because we are not perfect. You will discover that you have made a mistake. You have to correct it. You have to correct it. You have to correct. You have to make changes. You can't, you, you can't, you can't, you can't sit there and watch things to die. Based on decisions and actions, some things are ready to die. If you don't correct it, it will die. Four keys. Number one. Remember what you have received. Remember what you have received. To make midstream corrections, you have to remember what you have received. So you have to remember your background. You have to remember the messages. The teachings. You have to remember some particular messages. You have to remember. Sometimes you have to remember the gift that you have. That you have a certain gift. If I hear of any of our branches, God forbid, any of our branches becoming a certain way. By the grace of God, I will use my gift to strengthen it. Because I have to remember that God has given it to me. I have to remember that I have it. 
I have a certain grace and a certain anointing to correct certain things. So I will use, I will use that gift. You have to remember, instead of sitting there like as though you're a useless person, you can't do anything. Things are just going from bad to worse and you are presiding over and watching. You, know, you have to remember the things you have received. Remember the things you have received. The day of your backsliding, remember the messages you have heard. I'm sure you've been taught backsliding before. I'm sure you've been taught prayer before. I'm sure you've been taught read your Bible before. I'm sure you've been taught quiet time. I'm sure you've been taught faithfulness, loyalty. I'm sure you've been taught how to be loyal. You are the day you are going down. Remember, remember it. Remember. Remember the things you have received, the messages. Remember the pastors you have received, the gifts God has given to you. Remember the things you have received. When you black out as though you've received nothing, there's nothing there to help you. That is why, that's why your fall is fast. You have to remember, remember the things, remember the things, remember the things you have received. Remember, you have to remember, you have to remember messages, remember books that you have read. Remember gifts that God has given to you, gifts that God has given you. You have to remember it. That's what Paul says, stir up the gift that is in you, which was given thee by the laying out of your hands. So I see people who have gifts that they don't use. You see, I get scared for them because I think about heaven. And when they get to heaven, you'll be asked about your gift. So I'm always, try, I'm always trying to create jobs for people. Not because I'm in need or the church is in need. But I usually think about them and heaven. I think about that first before I think of the effect we even have on the church. I think about that first. That you. 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 When you get to heaven, what are you going to say? How are you going to explain yourself? What explanation will you give? You just came, you just came. Please, with all due respect, um, stand up, okay? Please, everybody stand. Stand, Jeff, everybody. With all due respect, with all due respect, mommies, daddies, aunties, grandmas and grandma, papas, everybody. Are you all standing? I want you to turn around, use the back of your hand to touch your seat. Touch your seat where you are sitting. Touch it, touch it with the back of your hand. Everybody, touch it. Have you touched it? What did you feel? Warmth. Warmth. Are you going to say to God, that's all I did as a Christian? When I go to church, I just warm the chair. Warm the chair. I just went to warm the chair and I've come back. I just went to warm the chair. That's all, I'm, that's all I've done. We are, we are in what? October, September. We're in September. From January to September. Nine months. You've been warming. You just come and sit on there warm. And then you get up and go home. When you get to heaven, will you say, will you say, I just went to warm the chairs? I went to warm the chairs. You see these people who came to sing here. It's not that we need a choir here. But personally, I feel they need a certain taste of Christianity. That Christianity is not just you've come to church. You see, by the time I meet them, it will be my third time of preaching. Why should they just come and sing one song, one or two songs, and then go home? 
They should know. You can sing in the morning. You can sing in the afternoon. Then you can go and evangelize. They have to learn because God doesn't like lukewarm things. Don't you have to ask what you're doing? You have to do it properly. Hey. It's not that I need singing. I don't need singing. I don't need singing. I don't need singing. I don't, I don't, need, I don't need them to sing. It's for their Christianity. They have to understand and have a certain taste of Christianity. Not this guy. Oh, sit down. Sorry. Sit down, aunties, mothers, grandfathers, and uh, VIPs. Thank you. They need, they need to know. They need, you see, need to experience a certain level of Christianity. Have to experience it. You have to remember the things. One of the things I've. You have to remember, remember how you've been brought up as a Christian. You remember how you've been brought up? You have to remember how you've been brought up. I was brought up. I was brought up. My upbringing as a Christian is read your Bible, pray every day. That's my upbringing. That's my upbringing. When you wake up in the morning, when you wake up in the morning, read your Bible and pray. Read your Bible and pray every morning. Everyone, you open your eyes like that. Pop. The first thing is not your phone to answer texts. First thing is Bible. First thing is God. You have to remember. The things that are about to die. You have to, unless, you, unless you've had another unfortunate upbringing, then that's where midstream correction comes in. Then you have to correct it. You have to change. We have to teach you new things. But that is not Christianity. The Christianity you have is not Christianity. Read your Bible. I've prayed this morning. And I opened my eyes. I've prayed this morning. One of the things that I was not even taught, but even has helped me in the mornings is brushing of teeth. Because I can't talk to God when I haven't brushed my teeth. And by the time I finish brushing my teeth, my eyes are you can't sleep again. Sometimes I even add shower. Finish. When the shower is not working, I add a cup of tea. Otherwise, the cup of tea by that time, the demon of sleep is, is, is run away. Somebody was asking me the other day, how can I wake up in the mornings and pray and stay awake? Every time when I wake up, I can pray. I said, oh, this one is not by fasting and prayer. You don't need prayer. You don't need to bind anybody. I said, when you wake up, I said, first, brush your teeth. Number two, go and stand under the shower. Number three, make yourself a cup of tea. If you are feeling sleepy after that, then you are not well. You have malaria. Then you are not well. Then you are not well. Then you are actually not well. There's a problem. Then we have a real problem. When you are lying in your bed, you say, speak it out. Before you realize you are waking up. You see, people think that some people are special. Nobody is special. Nobody is special. Everybody, when you stay on your bed, you wake up. You will find up waking up. You were speaking in time, but you find up waking up. Clear yourself off that bed. Clean your teeth. Shower. Shower. Put the shower into your eyes and your face. Then come out. The time you finish dressing up, sleep. if you are still sleepy, you are approaching malaria. Go and make a cup of tea. If you make the cup of tea, if you don't like hot drinks, make, get ice cream. 
and see if they sleep with them. It's not a demon. You see, these are the problems I want you to blame. He will tell you. He'll be standing and say that, that's what this one is not me. I am not, tell, I am not the one that makes you sleep in the morning when you're free. I'm not the one. I'm not the one. I am, it is not me. It is not me. I can't accept such responsibilities. I do other things, but not this one. This one is not me. This one is not me. Number two. Remember what you have heard. Will you remember what you have heard? Remember the things that you have heard. Midstream correction. You have to remember what you have heard. Number one is what? Remember the things you have received. Yes, things you have received. Now remember what you have heard. What you have heard. The counseling. The counseling. The advice. The preaching. Have you not heard a lot of preachings? What do you do with the preaching? What have you done with the preachings? The preachings you have heard. Remember the preachings. Remember the camps. How many of you have been to a camp before? A camp. Make sure that the things that were taught at the camp, the bad things, the bad examples, make sure that you never become it. Because you've heard it. When you see yourself becoming it, remember the things that you have heard. And say, oh no, I was there when this thing was taught. I can't become it. I can't become like this. I can't. I can't. Number three. Wow. Beautiful. Number three, hold fast. It is important to hold fast to good things. Hold fast. Hold fast. Yes. Hold fast to good things. Hold fast to the things that you were brought upon. The, thing, the things that have made you who you are. Hold fast to it. So, you, so when, you are, when you are debating, you see, the other day I saw, I met um, a pastor's child. Not a pastor of our denomination from another church, another church somewhere. Met a pastor's child. And I was looking at his hair. The way he's grown his hair and done to his, his hair something. So I just said to him, I just said to him, he actually came to visit the church. Now, now he's a member of the church. He stayed after that counseling. I said to him, remember the things your father taught you. I, I said, I am very sure your father didn't bring you up to grow your hair like this and walk around the city of London like this. I'm very sure. The following day, Monday, he should send me a video of himself coming from the barber. No, no, no. He has not stopped being grateful. He's always saying thank you to me. He's always saying thank you. All the time he's saying thank you. You'll be there. He'll say thank you. Then you'll come to me and ask me that. Why do I have interest in him? Why, why, I mean, why, it's like, why do I like him? He's not stopping. I, I just, I didn't tell him. I didn't tell him. I said, I am sure this is not what your father taught you. Your father never told you to grow your hair like a forest. Like a rainforest. And leave it in any way and be walking around this inside. You see, it's, it's usually a spirit of rebellion. You see, when people rebel, rebellion is an evil spirit. You don't even think. You don't even think. It's like anything about this person, whether it's good or bad, I'm going the opposite direction. 
That's rebellion. When you rebel against your father, you don't care. You don't care what he has said. It's like anything to spite him and to prove to him that you do what he says, you do it. So even if he has taught you that when you are crossing the road, look to your left and your right before, you will say, okay, I'll cross without looking. I'll cross. And what will happen? You will die. Yes. But that's how I remember. I remember one lady whose uh, sister, you know, usually sisters, sisters have problems at home, isn't it? Siblings, yes. Her sister was a very serious believer. In fact, she was, she was like a pastor. And she was determined to do everything opposite to her sister. So I told her that, look, very soon you'll be a prostitute. Because the way, the way your sister is going and you are going the opposite way, that's what you'll be. She just sat in front of me and said, ah, do you know I've not thought of it? I said, I can tell you I haven't thought of it. Because the thing that is driving you is an evil spirit. It's driving you that do the opposite. Don't be like her. Don't be like her. Because it's it, it, what I want. I don't want to be like her. She made me stream correction. Today she's a lady pastor. Yeah, she's also lady P. When she's, when she's rolling her head and say lady P. I say, look at you. You are going there. You say you don't want to be like your sister. You've become like her. Rebellion is senseless. It's senseless. Hold fast. Hold fast to things that you've been taught. Hold fast to it. Hold fast. Hold fast to it. Some of the things you may not even understand, the effects it has. You just do it. You just do it. My bishop was training me to be a pastor. He trained me. After church. You see, after church, there are meetings. There are training programs. There are things. Ah, same. Same. It's been 24 years now in London. Same. Same. Same, same, same. The only reason why you see me get up from my church, including this evening, get up and say I'm going home, is because I only have one more train left to catch. Otherwise, I'll sleep in church. That's the only reason why I get up and I'm going. Late at night. Late. Late. By the time I come out, you see the members, they are there. Plenty. Different meetings, different things, plenty, late, late, well after 10 p.m. Because the only, reason, the only reason why I'll go home today, because if I don't go home, I'll have to go and sleep in your house or something like that. Some of you have to take me into your house because I don't know how I'll get home. Who will have me for a sleepover? If I come, you won't sleep over. I'll talk through the night. All of you don't want me in your house to have seen you. <laughs> yes. Yes. But you see, it can easily be that I can round up everything by 4 p.m. I finish. I'm going home to your tent, so Israel. But that's not how I was brought up. And that thing will have an effect on the church. That's why there are no shepherds, there are no pastors. There are no, there's no church growth. There's no salvation. There are no new converts. There are no, I mean, you see, there's nothing. The church has become what we used to call orthodox church. This is how, this how, this how a, a, a church that's just going through traditions, a traditional church, this is how it is. We lose, we lose the, old, the old things that we're taught. The things that made us, we put it on the side. Put it on the side. It's been 24 years. When I, go to, when I come to it on a Sunday, I'll get home on a Monday. 
Even this last one, I'm telling you. By the time I get home, it's after midnight. I don't get, I, can't, I won't get home on, on Sunday. I won't get home on, because I don't know, I don't know that, I don't know it. I don't know it. After church, meetings, that's how he brought me up. That's what I've learned. Till date, till date, when I go to Ghana, wherever he is, he has the same, he has the same meetings. Meetings, counselings, training. There's always a, tra- a group that is being trained. Not I'll finish preaching, we should all go home. Go home for what? Go home for where? Oh. This is what happens when the church has become a marketplace. Do you know marketplace? You see people, somebody is selling chips. Somebody is selling this. Somebody is saying that somebody is doing 11 plus lectures in the corner. This, you see, the church, the whole church changes. Why? Because we've left the things that we have learned. Let's say, hold fast to it. Hold fast. Hold fast. I've, I've held fast. I've held fast to the pastor's work. It's the pastor's work on a Sunday. I've held fast to it. It's gone past 20 years now. I've held fast to it. Including today. If I follow me from here, if I follow me and see, you will see. You will, today you won't sleep. You won't sleep. Even we don't like our children. You like yours. No problem. Let me not go into that one. Hold fast to those things. Hold fast to it. Hold fast. I'm telling you. Ray, Carl, hold fast to it. (laughs) Yes. No, you have to hold fast. You see, the other day he came to say something to me in the office. I heard him playing here. I said, oh, that must be Ray, Ray Charles, Ray Carl. <laughs> yes. So I said, oh, call him, call him for me just for a chat. I, no, I, just, I just called just to chat with him. Just to chat with me how this, that, that. Then when we finished, he said something to me. I was actually surprised. When he left the room, I called somebody. And I said, do you know this guy? There's a seed. There's a seed that has been planted in him. A very good seed. I said, that thing is still there. Yeah. Hasn't left it. That's, that's what I said. I didn't say it to him. I was well, that's what I said. I said, Oh, yeah, okay. Don't worry, be blessed, brother. Be blessed. Okay. But said, because what he said, what he said, a natural Londoner won't say. I mean, people don't, don't talk like that. They don't, people don't make that, they don't say such things. I said, No, somebody. So you see, if he's my friend, I'll tell him, but you know what? That thing that you have, whether you got it from Africa or whatever, hold fast to it. Hold fast. It will take you very far. Very, 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 very far. <laughs> you, don't, you, see, you don't let go of things that have made you. You don't just, you don't just leave it. Just, just leave it. Just throw it away. You have to hold fast to it. I don't know what makes church work. Now I can see that the trainings, the meetings, that is where you get people from. That's where you get labor. That's where you get workers from. If everybody goes home to go and drink soup, oh, where would I get my shepherd? Where would I get my next person from? Where would I get them from? Everybody is going home to drink soup. Everybody has gone home to nest their children and to put them to sleep at 7 o'clock because tomorrow they, they are going to school. Our children are going, they are going to play baseball. No, I'm addressing something that, that's like an evil spirit. It's, it's anti-Christ, anti-God. 
That's when the lighthouse do we close at the bright afternoon we are going home. There's nothing like that. It changes the church. Changes the church. Changes the people in the church. <laughs> Everything is different. Midstream correction, you hold fast to it. You hold fast to the things you have learned. Hold fast to it. I have to hold, I have to hold fast to quiet time and prayer. And I have to hold fast to it. Hey, I'm afraid to let it go. I am afraid to let it go. Because I don't know what I'll turn into if I let it go. What will I turn to? I have to hold fast to it. I have to pray every day. I have to pray. I have to pray every day. I have to read my Bible every day. No prayer whilst I'm on my way out of the house. I have to make time and pray before I leave the house. I have to do it. Every day. No, sometimes. Every day. Not because I'm going to preach. I have to do it all the time. I have to do visitation. Still, I'm still into visitation. To visitation. Visiting. Counseling. Counseling. I will counsel more. I'll have more meetings, more hours in talking than I have done preaching today. I'll preach in three services today. But after, I will talk more than all the hours of preaching put together. Far more, three times more. Without food. Without food. So like I'm taking a break, I'm going to have lunch somewhere. There's some okro somewhere waiting for me. My next meal, I've already told myself, my next meal is tomorrow. My next meal is tomorrow. It's not a problem. It's not a problem. I'm still young. I'm still young. It's not a problem. My next meal is tomorrow. I've drunk tea. I'll drink tea. Tea is enough. Next meal is tomorrow. That's how I've been. I'm not going to change it now into other things. You don't pray again. You don't read your Bible again. You don't do counseling again. I don't, I don't, I can't understand to see a shepherd or a pastor walking around. You don't have nothing to do. Don't give me the sign that you don't have anything to do. I'll find a job for you right now. The church has become quiet. Why? <laughs> I don't know why. Church seems to have become very, very quiet. Did I say something? Am I saying something bad? No. Oh, you don't like the secret of midstream correction? Hmm. We have to midstream correct. We have to change. We have to change. That is, if you see that there's a problem, you have to change it. Don't accept it. Don't say, this is how it is. This is how it is. This is how it is. Is that we've created more space in this hall? More spaces. There'll be more people. God says, I'll build my church. God will, God will fill his church. God will fill his church. But some of you have to be seen after church in your corner, in the east wing, west wing. You have to have names for your corners. West wing, we are having school of the word. North wing, we are having evangelism. This, this wing, we are doing new believer school. You have to use it. And you should be standing there teaching. Stand up again. Stand up. Touch it. Touch it again. No, touch it. Your back of your hand. Can you feel it? Yes. No, it was here. This is where your, your this was. Yes. Can you feel it? This cannot be your duty for church. It can't be your duty. The chair is not complaining of cold. It doesn't need a warmer. This cannot be your work. I should see you like this. Young. Fresh face. Can you see how your face is fresh? Yes. Fresh face like this. Teaching and preaching people. People. Your section, your section is here. Put people there. Teach them. Amen. 
to grow in the Lord and to be stable in the Lord. Not after you are going to buy plantain chips and malt. Is that that's your duty for church? Church is over. No, no. No, 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 no. If that is what we did, there will be no church. There will be no church. We won't be here. If that's how we did, we won't be here. We won't be, we won't be here at all. We, we, can't, we can't be if that's what we did. If I was eating plantain chips and drinking malt every Sunday, we can't be here. But yes, now I still eat on Mondays. I still eat on Mondays. God has looked after me. Yes. God has looked after me. I'm still young. Yeah, I like when people say I'm young. I like it. I really like it. I like it, Pa. It makes me feel cool. He's young. Yes, he's young. I'm young. Like the Israelites walk in the wilderness for 40 years. They didn't buy shoes or whatever. Me too is the same. Me too is the same. I don't know what God does to my intestines, but I'm okay. I drink tea, you see, it's as though I've eaten a buffalo. <laughs> hold fast. Are you going to hold fast? How many of you can already see that there are things you have to correct? Things you have to correct. You have changed. The oldest, the OT. The OT, the old timers. Old timers, how many of you can see that you have changed and you need to correct? You have changed. You have changed. You have changed. You have changed. And the, the fourth thing. Have I given you three already? Fourth thing is to repent. Repentance means make a U-turn. Make a U-turn. Make a full-blown U-turn. U-turn. That's repent. U-turn. Turn you. When you turn, you've written a U. That's what it means. U-turn. <laughs> you understand U-turn? Yes. Stop going the direction you've been going. Turn around. You see, like I'm coming here. U-turn means I want to get a turn here. By the time I get back, I've written a U. Yes, so it's a U-10. Do you understand U-10? Yes. It's a U. So make a U-10. Are you going to make a U-10? Come alive. The things that remain that are ready to die. The things that remain that are ready to die. Albert, make a U-10. Make a U-10 so you don't fall off the tree. Rhoda, are you still there? Do you still have fire? I remember Reverend Joe used to tell me there's some girl, she has fire. Do you still have fire? Eh? You see, preachers, if it's some of the messages, people who, people, you see, when you see a pastor, so is the person is a pastor, bishop, reverend, reverend doctor, apostle, he did not, no matter what story they tell you today, he did not get to that position through economics and uh, motivational speeches. He did not come that far. He, that is not how he got there. The question is, how come today they are teaching their congregations economics and finance? I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine since I came here and I'm, I'm teaching you maths? I spent the whole afternoon teaching you maths, explaining to you, explaining to you quadratic equation, and explaining to you this, explaining to you that. This, I mean, can you imagine that? That's all we've done. And then you'll be, you'll be clapping and cheering me on. That I have revelation. 
can that produce evangelist, pastor, teacher? How can such teachings produce ministers? Why you don't see something? It means some things are not being taught or done. That's why you don't have, that's why you don't have ministers. It's the teachings, the preachings. The preachings. Ask, ask Mr. Bishop from America or wherever he, came, he comes from or wherever he learns. Other, did he become a minister through motivational speaking or through evangelism? Read your Bible, pray every day, take up your cross. Did he, which one took, took him there? Ask him. Ask him. When you have, you have, you have, I'm he said, we had, we had a program, we had an outreach. We had an outreach. I said, we had an outreach. I said, what outreach was it? What was it about? So we brought somebody to come and speak about mentoring. I said, mentoring who and mentoring what? For where? To where? Then I asked the next question, so how many souls were saved? So no, we really didn't make, I mean, we, we, all, we all said a prayer. I feel like going home. This is how the church is spoiled. This is how the church is destroyed. This is how they say, since I was born, since I became a pastor of this church, I have never had the pro, never, never organized a program to teach people how to pass exams. Never. And I will never do it. I will never do it. Never. Or teach people how to apply for jobs. Am I a job agency? Why would you gather people, teach them how to apply for jobs, teach them how to, how to look for jobs, teach them how to... What is that? Is it a, is it a church? What is it? What is, it? is it a church or what? And then when we don't have pastors, we don't have ministers, we don't understand. This is how it's formed. What type of program is this? Gather people, teach them how to fill forms to apply for jobs. Since I was born, since I became the pastor of this church, never for once could I organize a program. You see, the program has, it has a, a secular and a certain crossover. What are you doing? God bless you. Repent. Repent.